Thanks for joining us at White Oak for this week's podcast. As we look at how God's servants applied that confidence in their walk with him. Our prayer is that this will encourage and strengthen your walk. So here we go. Absolutely nothing is better than you. Amen. Give the King of Glory a hand of praise in this house this morning. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Oh, there is nothing better than the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Welcome this morning to Worship in the Word. You may be seated this morning. We welcome you. We thank you for being with us uh, in person or if you're watching us this morning uh, on Facebook or our website, we thank you for being with us. Or if you're listening to us on radio, we thank you for being with us today. I'm still on the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be on the Holy Spirit a little while, it looks like, unless God leads me in another direction. I came out and I got back home last night around 9. My, my wife asked me, well, where are you? I said, I'm nowhere. I'm, I'm just here. I'm nowhere. I'm nowhere. Why? Well, you know, Johnson made some good points last week and this week in his teaching. He was talking about, in the book of Exodus, the children of exile being led out. Grumbling and complaining, I'm telling you why we need the Holy Spirit. And then I'll share with you in just a minute. But um, grumbling and complaining about, they wanted manna, you know. And they came back to Moses, you know, just grumbling and complaining. Moses said, well, look, you, you, look at it's before your eyes, you're standing on it. And again, God had, had made the dew become manna as it, the dew failed the next morning. They, they could go out and gather their manna. Then they were beginning to wonder where it was. It was there, and they didn't even know it. You know, and the sad thing is, that's still going on today. And do you know why? Because we don't have, I don't know how to put this lovingly. <laughs> we don't have the operation of the Holy Spirit in our life. Jonathan Kahn said in what, 9-11, problem wasn't that people weren't flocking back to church. They were, but they didn't repent. I mean, people go to church every day today and they're not repentant. They don't repent. And it's because the Holy Spirit has not been activated in our life to do the job that God blessed us when he sent him to us. Amen. The Holy Spirit of God is the manifestation of the presence of God in our life. Manifestation of God's presence. As he comes in to our area of life. Now, in the Old Testament, he's only mentioned 80 times. In the New Testament, he is mentioned 240 times. In reference to the Old Testament, it's always pointing us towards what we could expect in the New Testament. And what I mean by that was, in the Old Testament, the only way the, the people could be blessed by the Holy Spirit was God indwelled certain individuals in the Old Testament with the Spirit of God. And we could go all the way back to Moses, you know, Zechariah, Elijah, Elisha, Habakkuk, Joel. I mean, we, the, he just indwelled those people. Do, and through by indwelling those people, they became the spiritual leaders of the people of that day. <laughs> Sadly, <clears throat> kings of that day, reside upon the prophets of that day for directions and leadership in order to make the kingdom a successful kingdom. So the prophets of that day 
And sometimes that, that same prophet would go through that generation of that king, and then all of a sudden he'd be there no more. So then therefore, in the New Testament area, it, uh, the Holy Spirit came and identified himself to us. That's the difference. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit indwelled certain believers that God had chosen. But in the New Testament, we are really truly blessed because everybody is to be infilled with the glorious Spirit of God in, in our life in a magnificent way. So then, therefore, as the Holy Spirit came, He came to activate us believers and also give us a new birth. So we are born again, and we are activated. We're like a toy, toy that could have a battery, but until the switch is turned on, we're not activated. We have the Word of God, but bing, until the switches turn on, we're not activated. In other words, we need to do more than just read the Word of God. We need to do more than just come to church. We need to do more than pray. We need to be activated in our daily life with Jesus, in church, outside of church, in our prayer life unto God. We need to be activated for the, the Lord, hallelujah. So then therefore the church is activated, the believer is activated, therefore through a new birth. How do we know? In John 3, verses 5, chapter 3, starting at verse 5, I didn't give them this this morning. Remember Nicodemus? He had to be activated. He came to Jesus, and Jesus said unto Nicodemus, marvel that. He was a ruler. He was a ruler of the people of God. He was a very highly educated man. And then he goes, marvel not that I say unto you, you've got to be born again, Nicodemus. And then he was puzzled. How am I going to be born again? And God told him. Jesus said, that which is spiritual is spiritual. That which is natural is natural. In other words, do I enter into my mother's womb a second time? No, that's natural. You must become spiritual. So we are activated in our natural birth by coming forth unto this world so then, therefore, we're activated in our spiritual world by coming forth into this world also activated by the power of God. So we've been activated through by that. So the Holy Spirit activates ever, ever new believer. That's one of his jobs is to activate us. Ye must be born. He makes us aware of our sin, and we become activated for God. Second thing that he does is we are endured with spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting at verse 11, begins to speak about the spiritual gifts. Speaks about faith. Speaks about healing. Speaks about so many different things. Speaks about discernment. Speaks about tongues. Speaks about wisdom. Speaks about the word of knowledge. Therefore, the Holy Spirit is what activates the nine giftings in the word of God for edification in the body of Christ, and in the world today for edification of God. Third thing he came to do. Now to me, people say, well, I don't need him. Why not? Because you cannot be convinced of your sins unless you have him. We can't have any power in the church unless we have him. And then the third thing that he came to do is for the purpose of, of God being into our life is to make us like Christ. 
Galatians chapter 5, starting at verse 22. And therefore, in order to do that, we get nine more giftings. We get the giftings of, of the fruit of the Spirit. You know, love, joy, peace, gentleness, meekness. But you know, when I studied all nine fruits and all giftings of the fruit, you know what I found very unusual? There is one gifting that is the same in both areas, only one. And when you read there in Galatians or read there in 1 Corinthians, you'll find out that that one gifting that's the same is faith. It's faith. So you had to have faith to be saved. You had to have faith to maintain your salvation. It is by faith, not by works, but it's by faith. Not by the grace, but it's by our faith. So how do we exercise the fruit of the Spirit? We exercise them by faith. It is one of the fruit, and I believe it exercises the other eight. Then how do we exercise the giftings in the Word of God? I believe it is by faith. It is one of the giftings of God, and I believe it exercises the other eight that are there. But then when I look and, and see something very important in, in the, the book of, of Romans, and it's in the eighth chapter. Now, when I read this to you this morning, I want you to look at something, and I'll say this in love. I truly believe that the Holy Spirit of God indwells Ever believer with evidence. No doubt about it. I'm going to prove that to you right now. Now, what we're talking about this morning is the will and mind of the Holy Spirit. So you've got to have him in you to have his will and to have his mind. Now, Wednesday night teaching, I'm going to talk to you about Wednesday night about his emotions. But this morning, I'm trying to go through this and get and a little bit more time for his emotions than I do for his will and mind. But then I want you to see in Romans 8 chapter, in verse 9, look what he says right here to us this morning. But ye are not in the flesh. I see a lot, listen to me carefully, a lot of church people in the flesh. You're not in the flesh, but you're in the spirit. What is the separation from us being in the flesh and spirit? One is that we are activated by the Spirit of God that is in us. If so be then that the Spirit, so be that the Spirit of God dwells in you, if any man has not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So then therefore, if the Spirit of the Lord don't dwell in you, and only the flesh, then we're not a part of God. Now, it is possible to have the Spirit of God in you and not have Him activated as He should be. Excellent example was, remember when the followers of John came to Jesus and He asked them if they had been baptized in the Holy Ghost and they said, we have not even as much heard of the Holy Ghost. Jesus looked and, oh, who are? He said, well, we are of John's baptism. What is John's baptism? John's baptism is the water. What is the water? The water is in representation of the word, and therefore they had heard the word, they had believed, and they were saved, but they had never been filled with the Holy Ghost. And, Jesus, and immediately Jesus breathed on them, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. I didn't say that. The Bible says that. Verse 10. And if Christ be in you, he's God. how is Jesus going to be in me? How is he going to be in you? In the Holy Spirit then the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. 
tell you what, God, if we're in the flesh, there should be some changes in our life if we truly are in the spirit in church, though. And Paul says, why do I hear these things coming from you? Because you're in the flesh, he said. Verse, verse 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body by that spirit that dwells in you. So then therefore, I'm just simply saying unto you that if you are a believer this morning, the spirit of God is in you. If not, you're still in the flesh. Hallelujah. Thank you. There is someone in you that knows the will of God. I don't know the will of God. If I knew the will of God, I wouldn't have been a sinner as long as I was. <laughs> but then there was a conversion that took, what made that conversion happen and take place in my Someone came to me. I wouldn't let him in at first, but he came to me. First point, I mentioned unto you the reason of the Holy Spirit is to make us awareness of our sin. We need to be activated that we are a sinner. A lot of people know they are a sinner, but they have been activated that they need righteousness. So then therefore, there's someone in you that lets you know the will of God for your life. And that is why we need to get to know the Holy Spirit. He needs to come into our life. Romans 8 chapter, we just read it. He needs to come into our life and make us, what is the will of God for your life? Do you this morning know the will of God for your life? I know one point is, it's not God's will or desire that any should perish, but they come to the knowledge of the truth except Christ as their personal Savior and have eternal life. That's as far as some teachings go right there, but there's more to that. I have pastor friends, that's as far as they go because that's as far as their faith will let them go because their faith is based on a denominational background. I was there once, brothers and sisters. But I want you to know you can go beyond that. You can go beyond a denomination. You can step into the realm of manifestation. You can step into the glory realm of God. You can step where God is manifested in your life and everything that you do is that you manifest the presence of God. And that happens when you let God come into your life and then you get to know God. I say to those people, they're saved. There's no doubt in my mind. I know they're saved. But they could do a lot more for God if they would let God activate himself in their life. The Holy Spirit lives in them, but they suppress him. They quench the Spirit. When he tries to rise up within them, they say, oh, oh, this, I've been taught this can't happen. This can't be. And if it does, something's wrong with me. So they suppress the Holy Spirit in their life. Having a soul means possessing a mind and will and emotion. We all have a soul. But we're made up of, of a spirit within, soul, center parts of flesh and spirit. Sandwiched. That soul... I've been preaching for weeks on getting your spirit saved. And when your spirit gets saved, your spirit dominates your soul and your flesh. Now, how I know a lot of people are not filled with the Holy Ghost is because they have no control of their flesh. And if they have no control of their flesh, they have no control of their soul. And if they have no control of their soul, then God does not have full control 
of their spirit. So how, it's not how our flesh goes, go with our body. Really, it's how our spirit goes. That's how it should be, go with our body. So the mind of the Holy Spirit. I want to back you all the way up to an Old Testament uh, verse this morning in the book of Isaiah, chapter 55. And in chapter 55, I want to read something to you this morning because I'm wanting to talk to you of the mind of the Holy Spirit. Let's see, verse 3, look what it says. Incline your ear. Now, your ear is flesh. But I want you to know that your spirit will never hear the word of God until it goes through your ear. That's why he still says to the church who is supposed to be spiritual, seven times in the book of Revelation chapter 2 and 3, he that has an ear, let him hear what the spirit of the Lord has to say to the church. So he's saying here in chapter 55, verse, Incline your ear, come unto me, hear what and your soul. Hear and your soul shall live. So you mean my soul can die? Very much so. Your soul and spirit can die just like your body. Matter of fact, the day that Adam and Eve sinned, their, their soul and spirit died just as well as their body began to die. I mean, they were deadened unto the Lord. Therefore, what did God do? He placed him outside the garden. He placed a famous sword. And what is a sword? The sword is the word of the truth. It is the word of God. The sword of the Spirit was placed there by the angels of the Lord to guard that they be entered not back in again because the tree of life was in that garden and their price for sin had not been paid for. So the word of the Lord stood betwixt them and God because something had to be done. This morning the Spirit stands in between many and God because something has to be done. So then he says here in verse 3, Listen with your ear. Come to me, he says now, that your soul may live. That your soul may live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even sheer mercy of David. So come, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you. What is he talking about? Talking about what John is sharing with us, eternal life. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, I shall be saved. He said, the evil one, Satan has come, so that you would lie, cheat, steal, kill, and destroy. But then in John 10, 10, he says, I've come, though, that you could have life and have it more abundantly. What is that abundant life? Isaiah mentioned it here in the third chapter, right here, everlasting covenant. An everlasting covenant was sealed through the blood of Jesus Christ, but also through the Holy Spirit coming into you. I've, last couple of weeks I've talked about we are sealed by the Holy Ghost of God. He is our sealing virtue that we have with God. The blood of Jesus cleanses us, covers us, but it's the Holy Ghost that seals us. He lives within us. So then therefore what Isaiah is saying here is the mind of, of the Holy Spirit. How, how can you have a relationship with God without the mind of the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit tells you what is true. Because all the Holy Spirit can speak is what he has heard, and everything that he hears is the truth. 
Now, in church, we get fizzle-fuzzled sometimes. Fuzzle-fizzled or fizzle-fuzzy. Either way, it's fuzzy. Paul said, you know, we look through a glass this day, spiritually speaking, and things are kind of smoky. They're kind of gloomy. The window needs cleaning. Holy Ghost's job is to clean that window. Because, you see, what keeps us from seeing through that clearly is the mysteries of God needs to be revealed unto us. And the only way the mysteries of God can be revealed to us is we need a glass cleaning. We need an eye cleaning. So we can understand the mysteries of God. So then, therefore, the covenant that God made with us, mentioned here in Isaiah 55, is, is a covenant that's going to save our soul. We're going to get a new body one day, but we're going to get, have the old soul and old spirit which has been renewed. In other words, what he's saying is, I give you a new spirit and I give you a new soul. But it'll be renewed. Now, body is gone. It's history. I'm not even getting into that. We have died in our trespasses and sin, and we need a new one. So what do we need? We need the mind of the Holy Spirit in us so our soul could get saved. Remember, we've been talking about it when we look at the dimensions of the body, soul, and spirit. That center dimension, meaning that of the soul, is what? It is consciousness, awareness. It is the willness. It is the mind. It is the memory. That's your soul. Now, the spirit is worship. It's prayer. We acknowledge that. It's reverence to God. It's faith and hope in Jesus Christ. All, all of that is your spirit. And a, a lot of times we say we got all of that correct, but then we're, our mind is still leading us astray. I wonder, why does our mind lead us astray? Because our mind is not always on God like it should be. We drift away. What so easily beseech thee, Paul said. What was it that so easily drew you away from God? I could give you a simple answer. Because the Holy Spirit had been activated in that life. Because if the Holy Spirit is activated in that life, he is the high sheriff and he comes well armed and equipped. He will not let you be led astray. But my flesh will. And the devil knows it. My flesh, all it wants to do is fulfill the desires of what it sees, hears, touches, tastes, you know. It's like this guy I used to know, Brother Richard, he, he, he was very diabetic. And he loved sweet cake, especially coconut cake. And you know what he always tell me? We would go somewhere they'd, and they'd have a dinner and they'd have a huge coconut cake. And he said, I, I know I'm going to sin today. I said, what are you talking about? He said, but it's okay. He said, I, I'm going to eat too much of that coconut cake because I love it. But it's all right. I'm going to give myself an extra shot. I said, you're playing Russian roulette. You're spinning the chamber of life and not really know how it's going to end up. My friend, that's why we have the Holy Spirit in our life. That when that situation comes in our life and he says, no, we know no means no. We don't do it. I'm not, you know, I'm, the story like Travis was telling this morning, I really love that. That elderly lady and the doctor, she drank three Dr. Peppers a day, and he told her that it was going to kill her. She kept drinking those Dr. Peppers like that. And ten years later, she's still alive, 
her physician dies and she's looking for a new physician. Oh, what does it say? Try the spirit. See, not everything, it may meant to be good unto you, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it is good. What's bad for me may be good for you. Are you hearing me this morning? And what's good for you may be bad for me. Know the Spirit of the Lord, but how can I know him if he's not activated? So many people say he lives in me. That's great. Activate him. What good is your bank account if it's not activated? You ever get a credit card and it says, Call this number or either tear this off and go to the ATM and it will be activated. It's no good until you activate it. I got a card the other day, a business card the other day, and it says on, on, on the little strip, it didn't say activated. It says all pre-activated, just use. Just peel it and use it. That's all you got to do is peel it and use it. My friend, you and I have the mind of Christ in us. We have that mind. Isaiah said that our, our mind is there that our souls could be saved and be in, in the presence of the Lord. When we have the mind of, of Christ, it gives us the thoughts of God. We are, we are to become to think like the Lord. In, in John uh, 16, look with me this morning. My eyes are playing tricks on me this morning. I got something in my eye last night, and uh, it really aggravated me, you know. And uh, I, during I slept, and then last night, you know, it just froze up on me and everything. And I got up this morning, and all the soreness was gone. It was, it was better. But it's a little fuzzy, but it's better. I claim that healing is better. I told my wife last night, I said, I got something in it yesterday about 2 o'clock. And I told her, I said, it's back there somewhere. You know, she said, well, we will wash it out. We tried, I, we'll wash it out. And I said, you don't know what you're doing. It's still there. What is it, an optometrist? Opt what, is that right? Yeah. Whatever. It's, it's not there, though, hallelujah. But it's fuzzy. So I'm asking God to make it. Unfuzzy. I mean, make it clear. Make it clear. In John, he teaches us in the 16th chapter. I want to pick up on verse 13. Look what he says now. Howbeit, when the Spirit of truth is come, he will guide you in all truth, that he shall speak uh, not of himself, but whatsoever he hears, that he shall speak, and he will show you things to come. How many people say, ah, I wish I knew? Well, that comes under the one of the giftings called discernment. Or it could be uh, the gifting of the word of knowledge. But he, when he comes, he will teach you. Verse 14, he shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. So we need to be asked in the spirit of the Lord, what do you want me to do? Don't ask the preacher. Don't ask your best friend. Don't run out and ask the church person. Pray to the Lord and say, Lord, what would you have me to do? Because you see, one way or another, we may not want to do whatever the Lord tells us to do. We may not want most, listen, if we don't want to do most of the time what other people, natural people wants us to do, how 
the cards are stacked up against us in doing what God would have us to do. But the will of the Holy Spirit is totally different because the mind here teaches us to know the truth. That, that is the mind of God is for us to come to the knowledge of the truth. Knowledge is one of the giftings of the Spirit of God. How can we know to be saved except we have knowledge? He says it's through the foolishness of preaching the Word of God whereby man is saved. So then the mind of God is that we might have the knowledge of God and if we would think like God, then we would get in a lot less trouble, would we not? You see, the good thing about God is God is all-knowing. God can't be taught anything. If God could be taught something, that means he didn't know it all and that he was not all-knowing. Now, please forgive me for saying this. I know some people that know everything. You can't teach them anything. Just a few. I can count them on my hands and toes. They, they know everything. They don't want to hear, no, 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 this work, this, this, this work, you know. So how do they expect God to teach them something when they go to him and say, that's all right, God, I already know how. How do they ever know how without God? Because God is all-knowing. He is the truth, and he only teaches the truth. So he possesses all knowledge. For him to know everything's me... Whatever little bit of knowledge I have, I have to get it through him or someone else that got it through him. Whether it's natural knowledge through educational or spiritual knowledge that comes through spirituality by knowing God. The Holy Spirit knows everything about everything. I don't know everything about it, but I know someone that does. I mean, I... The, you know what moved on the face of this earth in creation? Read it in Genesis. It was the Spirit of the Lord. It was the Spirit of the Lord. You are the only thing that the Spirit of the Lord didn't move across. He came in you. God breathed the breath of life and man became a living soul. And listen, before man fell, what was Man had the mind of God. Adam had the mind of God. Look at his intelligence. Look at his knowledge as he was naming all of these things. Praise God because he had the mind of God. He knew everything. So then, therefore, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us because we don't know how we ought to pray. You know, I hear, oh, that's all right. You know, I, I, listen, Romans 8, chapter verse 26 of the 8th chapter. Look what he says here. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. Oh, hallelujah. Because we don't know what we should pray for. <laughs> if I would ask for something, it would probably be selfishly. You know? I'd be like a little boy. Would you pray, Lord, give me a scoop of ice cream and give him two scoops? Or would you say, Lord, give me two scoops of ice cream and just give him one? If you were really in a bind, would you say, Lord, I want you, really want you to help me, but could you do it an easy way? Don't let me have to go in a lion's den over this thing. You know, I, I know I've done wrong. I'm confessing to you, Lord. I'm just asking for an easy way out. 
or we will be selfish. Lord, everybody around me is prospering. Just make me prosperous. I don't care what you had to do. Just make me prosperous, Lord. And then the next thing, God takes away some things. What are you doing? God, have you lost your mind? How do you expect me to get prosperous by taking these things? See, God has to teach us. And we don't like the way God teaches us. But in order to be taught by God, we have to possess the mind of God. We've got to learn how to think like Jesus. Look, when I look back at Jesus, look what Jesus went through for me. Do I think I'm going to go through any less? If I want to benefit Him and glorify Him and manifest the name of God, do I think I'm going to, you know, listen, I don't care what people say. Everybody can't be financially prosperous as some people are. It may be for the simple reason it'd take them away from God, if nothing else. God said, I would bless you in that area, but if I did, you would run from me. You think God's going to give us something that's going to take us away from him? No. We need to be spiritually aware and minded enough to know that's why God did that for me. And God healed me once. He chose not to heal me the second time. Did I question God? No, because I know God had a reason. My job is to stay in the will of God. That's my job. It's not to do God's business, let God do it through me, just stay in His will. What, what do you want me to do today, God? In order to do that, i got to think like God. i got to have the mind of God. So what he's saying here in the book of Romans, verse 26, let that spirit help the areas of my life that I don't know how to pray for. 27, and he that searches the heart knoweth what's in the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according what? To the will of God. How did Jesus pray? Father, not my will. Lord, take it away. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will. Hey, God, I need, I need that raise. I don't care what you got to do to get it. I don't care who you got to bump or what. Just get it for me. Is it God's will to bump somebody that you or I get a raise? Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm coming up short in this area of my life. My clunker is about clunked out, you know. In other words, my, my old car is about shot. I need a new one, you know. Make some kind of arrangements. Lord, do something. Whatever it takes, you know, do something or another. That I could be, in verse 27... Because he maketh intercession for the saints according to God's will. Who's doing that? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's interceding for us. I don't know how to pray. You know, God may want us to go through something, not around it. God may want us to wait patiently a while. I, I got at the red light. I was, woo, I was pumped up this morning. I was going to get me a cup of coffee. It might not mean a lot to you, but I like to go out and get a cup of coffee every now and then because getting coffee around the house is like getting coffee around the house. I was pumped up so high, I, I, I got my wife a cup this morning. I used to do if I get one. Don't, gentlemen, haven't you learned? Don't never get anything without getting your wife something, you know. And I called her up and made her, woo, she says, thank you. And I was sitting there at the red light that turned right, you know. And there was a car up there, and the green light was a turn, you know. The other ones was red, but he could, but he could turn. Well, it changed, and everybody went, he still stayed there. I was thinking about time, you know, it does the same thing again. 
It goes through. It turns green. He could have turned. He didn't. Stayed right there. My, my oil was boiling, and it weren't the Holy Ghost oil. That was boiling a little bit in me, you know. That, that old nature that Paul talks about that comes up every now and then, that's not the spirit of the Lord. It's the spirit of the flesh that you had to put under subjection daily, he says, you know. And then, you know, it happened the third time he was getting ready to come up. And then that time, all the lights turned green, and he drove straight. You see, the lane that he was in could turn right or go straight, but he wanted to go straight. And I couldn't understand why he didn't go straight when the other lights turned green. And the reason was his one didn't turn green because he didn't want to turn right. Now listen to me. I'm going to tell you about this old flesh, and I'll tell you what the Holy Spirit will do. When that happened the third time, you know what I did? I hit on my horn three times. And you know what? My horn didn't sound at all. It didn't sound. I mean, I did. I hit my horn. Did I say, well, thank you, Lord? Uh, did I say, what in the world's wrong with this stupid horn? No. No, because, see, I didn't know the red light. I just know the man weren't turning on green. I didn't know he wanted to go straight, but the Holy Spirit did. He knew what was in that man's mind. I didn't know what was in that man, man's mind. I should have known. I should know what's in your mind. You should know what's in my mind. We might be in trouble if that happens, wouldn't we? Uh. But the thing that I said is, thank you, Holy Spirit, that my horn didn't go off. It would make me look like an idiot. You know, see where I'm coming from? We need to have the mind of God. Everything that looks hunky-dory, it's not hunky-dory. Everything that we feel it should go, it's not that way. Verse 27 says, according to the will of God. It just wasn't God's will for me to go right then. 28, and we know that all things work together good to the Lord according to what? God's purpose, God's will, God's way. Not mine. When I'm in the will of God, no matter how it's working out, God's got a plan for this. Now, let me show you how good God is, okay? I done and blew that, and I said, thank you, Lord, that nobody heard my horn this morning. And all. then, listen, I pull up, and while I'm pulling up, three people go turn in to go to the drive-thru. And the third thing goes in my mind, you know, Mr. Impatient. Well, it'll be a while. First man goes over here, the other two go over here. Listen, first man goes there. By the time I get there, he's already gone through. And the lady says, may I help you, sir? And the next thing you know, I become number two. Not number four. I become number twos. And I said, thank you, Lord. So twice this morning I said, thank you, Lord, that I didn't look like an idiot. And then I said, thank you, Lord, for giving me a little bit more time. We need the mind of God. We need that mind because when we listen to the Lord, no matter how it's working out for you and I, God's got a purpose for it. And when God's purpose is fulfilled, and it can't be fulfilled unless your mind is the mind of Christ which only comes to you by the Holy Spirit, then God will be magnified and glorified, and you will be blessed, my friend. Hallelujah. Give him a hand of praise. Oh, time's flying. The will of the Holy Spirit. Let me see if I can hurry through this. See if my mind can move that fast. In the book of Acts, 16th chapter, Paul, they're getting ready to go on a big missionary journey. You know, he's real big in mission work now. God has saved him. and 
He's just going everywhere preaching the gospel, finding himself in prison, out of prison. But in the book of Acts, the 16th chapter, in verse 6, the Bible says that they wanted to go preach the gospel. And the Holy Spirit didn't want them to go. They wanted to go preach the gospel. Whoa, boy, we're doing good down here. Aren't we? Yeah, let's, let's, let's go to the next town. We'll do good there too. God's, God's in us right now. Boy, look what God's doing. You know, we're going to go. Let, let, let's go to the next town. But I look in the sixth verse here, the 16th chapter, and it said, when they had gone through Parthire and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. Wait a minute, that just don't sound right. God, you said unless the word is preached, people won't get saved. And now you're telling me not to go. The Holy Ghost is telling me. It's the will of God that you not go right now. So, in other words, God has got something better, and he did. And I don't have time to go in right this, this moment. might do it Wednesday night, but God did have something better. You see, just because Philip was in a great revival, I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people were being saved, and God found a man out in the desert that had been standing out there in his chariot reading the word of God that didn't understand what he was reading, and God pulled him out of a hot revival to go witness to one man. I know things are going hot, brother. I know, but look, there's a man out there that, that not only can you save, but he is a great statue, and if he gets saved, he'll be able to save not only his household like Cornelius did and his entire family, but he'll be able to touch his nation. I want you to go witness to that man out there, that Ethiopian in that chariot. I want you to do it now. And he went and witnessed to him, Isaiah, and he was not only accepting the word of God as he heard it, but then he also accepted the fullness of the word of God because he was baptized later. And after Philip had done everything that God had wanted him to do, what happened? He disappeared. He just, he was going out of the chariot. He weren't seen no more. Why? Because he was doing the will of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit sent him to preach to a man. I don't care how good things are going. God may rock your boat just a little bit to let you know. You know, when the disciples was on the ship to go across to the other side, that when they got in the ship and started to cross, it was pretty calm water. But somewhere out there in the midst of the sea, the boat got rocking a little bit. Your boat might be rocking a little bit this morning. It's not necessarily because you're doing something wrong. It's because you get... You need to get in contact with the will of God for your life because he's got something for you and someone else that he wants to let them know. I, I can go very quickly to verse 10 of this same chapter, 16. And after they had seen the vision immediately, we endeavored to go to Macedonia assuredly, assuredly, gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Therefore, loosening from Trosa, we came with a straight course. Somebody on a crooked course this morning? In other words, we came with a straight course. How did we get on a straight course? By being in the will of God. 
by sensitiveness to the Holy Spirit, by listening to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying and doing as he directs you. You know, the Bible clearly teaches us about knowing here the, the will of God. Do you know how you know the will of God? Right here, my friend. Let me show you. This is how you know the will of God, right here. Now, the will of God covers things like thou shall not kill, thou shall not steal, thou shall not bear false witness, you know, thou shall not lie, thou shall not have no other God before me, you know, thou shall not commit adultery, thou shall honor their parents. That's, that's right here. That's the will of God. But the mind of God is different. You know why? Because I can open this Bible and I can find the will of God for my life in between the pages, but I cannot find the mind of God in here outside the Holy Spirit's guidance. Because you see, to know the mind of God, you have to have the Holy Spirit speak to you. In other words, when you read, he must reveal himself to you. That's how we get into the mind span of God, you know. I mean, you can honor your parents, but that's because you know that that is, what, the will of God. But to have the mind of God and be able not to go somewhere or do something, the Lord's got to speak to you. You have to be mindful of those things from the Lord. In the, in the Old Testament, God only spoke to people in, in their generations, as I said earlier, by one individual. Look how blessed we are today. If I could say something today, you know, because, you know, betwixt the Old and New Testament, there was 400 years. Dark ages, no word from God. 400 years. Betwixt the Old and the New Testament, 400 years, no movement of God. No movement of God whatsoever. And then we had a, a miracle in Acts chapter 2. Because, you see, 2,000 years ago, the Holy Spirit of God came to this earth like he never came before. And when he came in Acts chapter 2, verse 16, look what it says here. But this is that which was spoken to you by the prophet Joel. Listen to this very careful. And I want to say this. Now, when Acts 2, 16, 17 and 18 took place. I want you to know something this morning. The coming of the Holy Spirit put a marked line on this earth of time in history. When the Holy Spirit came, he marked a space of time in history on this earth. And listen what would happen. And it said, it shall come to pass that in the last days, there's a marking. There's a marking line in history right there. Actually, when we be think about now, and it do look like Jesus is going to come any moment now. When the Holy Spirit came and the church was being birthed and coming into existence, God is telling us here, this is the beginning of the last days. What John had prayed for, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. So that was the beginning of the coming of the Lord. In other words, it was a preparational time or the preparing of the end of time or the coming day of judgment and wrath of God. 
real quickly, look what he said. He said, in that last day, says God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Not individuals, not a man or a woman, but I'm going to pour it out upon everybody. And look what he said. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. And the old men shall dream dreams. I'm beginning to dream some dreams today. And on, and on my servants and on my handmaids, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. They shall prophesy. We are living in one of the most prophetic moments of history today. But not only are we living in, we're living in the fulfillment of the prophecy today, in our history that we have today. So what we have here is the coming of the Holy Spirit putting a marked line in history of these things happening and coming about. You must have your own personal relationship to God through the Holy Spirit. All right, I'm going to wind down. Others can hear God with you, but they'll never be able to hear God for you. We can be together and pray, and other people can hear God right with you when God's speaking to you. They can hear him, but, but they'll never be able to tell you what God wants to tell you unless he speaks to them and speaks directly to you because God is acting upon you. You see... We're freed by the Holy Spirit of God with a choice. We are to submit to it. And not only are we to submit, we are to ask the Holy Spirit for guidance. Which way you want me to go? What do you want me to do today, God? How is this going to happen? He corrects us when we get out of line. We don't always like that. But the mind that's in us tells us, oh, that's wrong. Oh, that." And we have to repent. When I was in the flesh and I knew it was wrong, phew, it was like a flash on a camera. It was gone just that fast. But it don't disappear now. It's like a light bulb that burns when I know something's wrong. He expresses and, and lets us know, lets me know all, lets you know all of the schemes the enemy's trying to do with you and others around you. He's make, look at our world today. He's making our world aware right now these things that are happening are fulfillments in the Word of God. And all of those people are out there that doesn't have the Holy Spirit living in them, they say, ah, oh, it's going to get better. Ah, oh, this is just going to happen and it's going to fly by. It's not because the Word teaches us it's going to wax worse and worse. And may I say to all the Christians, don't look for it to get better. He says, even much more so when you see the times approaching. And if we see these times approaching, don't look for it to get better. Look for it to be extended worse. He gives every day an opportunity, every one of us, to bless somebody, to encourage somebody, to lift up Jesus. But how can we do that if we are out of the will of God? Every day, Knowing and having the will of God in our life, we can bless somebody. We can help somebody, encourage somebody, you know. We can give special words to people that need. I just needed to hear that. This past week, I said something to an individual. and said, you know what? I just needed to hear that. That was worth a million bucks. Jokingly, I said, well, good that I don't have a million bucks. Speak words of encouragement, special words to people every day, even to strangers. Because those words can bring healing, can bring restoration, 
can bring deliverance into their life and have them follow Jesus. See, God wants to speak to every one of us personally. But in order for that to take place, we have to get into the will of God. And then for that to happen, then we also need to be in the mind of God. We need to be in fellowship. We know to need to know the will of God. We need to know the things of God, the teachings of God. We need to have the mind of Christ. We need to be able to fight these battles that we have to endure every day and know that we are doing well with God. Can you leave this sanctuary this morning and can you say to yourself and to others that are around you, all is well with God. And all is well with me. Amen? Boy, that, it got late and walked off. I'll lead you in communion, but my communion got late and walked off this morning. I want you to really think right now. Stand with me, please. Think with me and stand with me right now. Think about this now. Hallelujah. Do you have one, Rich? You have an extra one. The Lord shall supply. Hallelujah. Are you in the will of God this morning? Are you following God and doing what God has called you to do? Are you in His will? Do you know His will for your life? This would be a great day to, to begin to know the will of God. Jesus says all you have to do is ask. All you have to do is pray. And in order for that to happen, you've got to have your spirit do that because prayer comes from your spirit and intercession is made through by the Holy Ghost of God. And if you're in the will of God this morning, I'd like to ask you, how is your mind? Are you mindful of what God is saying to you right now? Are you becoming obedient to it? Are you answering the call of God? Are you doing what God is calling you to do in life? If you are, then you've got some emotion going on. God puts motion in emotion. Now, we'll look at that Wednesday night teaching at 6.15. I'm asking you right now, if you're in His will, you're saved. If not, it'd be a great time to get saved. If you're in His will, you're doing what He called you to do. If not, it'd be a great time to begin to do that. So we're going to bow our heads right now and pray. And I'm going to pray, Father, in Jesus' name, if there's somebody here today that doesn't know you, I pray in Jesus' name that they will come to know you today that they will step out, Lord, and confess to Thee. And, Father, I pray also if there's Christians here today and they're out of the will of God, they're not mindful of what God wants them to do, I pray today that they become mindful of Thee and what You have set before them for their destiny in life. God, help us not to just be aware of the Holy Spirit of God, Help us to be indwelled and know how to use that power that he has in us through the gifting and through the fruit of the Spirit. Help us do that, Father. Now let us commune with thee and let us think about the body of Christ and the blood of Christ and what it has done for us and now what we can do for him. In Jesus' name, and his people said amen. Thanks for worshiping with us this week. We believe his words will establish that confidence within you and direct you for his predestined purpose for your life. See you next week.
And don't forget to download our app so you can stay connected with us.